Good big evening. November Foxtrot. Hello, 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 hello. How is everyone? Hello, Kenny. Yeah, I'm on the wall. Sign Chewbacca. John McLaughlin. What? Well, on the what? Forgot my username. I still love that one. Wonk. Nick Pratt. Matthew McCarthy. Rage. Having a wonk. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> Welcome in. <laughs> How is Good everyone? Good evening, Tony. Yeah, I'll man. Catch you for the win. I, I can't Red t-shirt guys in the house, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Hi, Terry. Blah. Welcome in, welcome in. Welcome we are in. going to be welcome discussing in. Milsim Rolls tonight. Specialist Milsim Rolls. Yes. Very exciting. Mm. Uh, before that, how are you both doing? Properly late tonight as well. No, we're not rage, were you? Your watch is fast, man. Yeah, I think everyone's watches are wrong. We're dead on time. We arrive precisely oh. when we mean to. Ask Gandalf, he knows. Gandalf? <laughs> We're always fashionably late for our yeah. own podcast. <laughs> I will. Not bacon rolls. Uh, yeah, ah, Kenny. Yeah, good, mate, you? Yes, not too bad. Not, not too, too bad. bad at all. Not too bad at all. Good session at the gym. Nice to be back down there again. Down the Iron Church. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously representing the old uh, red t-shirt guy tonight. Red t-shirt guy, yep. Yeah. Go get them, Tigers. <laughs> Go get them, Tigers. Wow. Right, should we roll into the news? Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> I my gun, I pew, 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 pew. News. It's I say we are the 13th Airsoft Player uh, Choice Awards from Popular Airsoft will be streaming on the 15th, which I believe is Saturday. Uh, that'll be streaming at 1100 hours BST. I don't know what time that is Greenwich Mean Time. Um, feel free to go check that out. I is don't, that BST? Is that basically thing? standard time? Standard time. <laughs> this is true time. <laughs> it's just it could standard be Swiss, time. basically Swiss time. Basic Swiss, Swiss time. Swiss. Swiss time. I think Basic they're like Swiss an hour time. in front of us, aren't they? Or something stupid, <laughs> like two hours. Uh, BST actually stands for British Summer Time, so uh, it'll oh. be eleven hundred hours our time. So there you go. <laughs> so eleven in the morning on Saturday. Eleven in the morning. Yes. That's very random. But I think, to be fair, it's not streamed potentially from the UK. I think that's probably right. like advertising. I think it's an American it's be... thing, isn't it? They're bloody Americans uh, again. Not sure. I don't know actually. I wasn't sure if it was Middle East actually, or or Far East, or East. Ooh. I don't know. How far East? East. Well, <laughs> well, well, potentially we'll West. I mean, after a certain point, East, you are just heading West. So again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evening, James. Yes. Welcome along, sir. I, I, it was really good. So we haven't won then, have we? Because we would have heard, wouldn't we? Well, I don't think we've won. Like nobody's alerted us to well, the we fact have, we that haven't, we yeah. might have won. We've not been Nobody told that we have Or, or we have. So. so I'm going to treat that as a win. More personally, yes, yeah, I would. Currently, we are a hundred percent win and lose rate. Like <laughs> <laughs> we are we winning are and losing cat. in we equal measure. We are shredding as cat in reference to awards. So yay for us! Um, in that we have both won and lost. So that's excellent. Um, Andy, you had some news. Me? Yeah, you're the only Andy here. Yes, literally. My, my, my... <laughs> My um Only. thing keeps cutting out. <laughs> Only you. You. You have news. Well, it was going to be like universal news that we are now fully attending 
Oh, yes. NAE. That's a good news story, yeah. That is a good news story. We are. Yeah. I have been given a free pass, a hall pass from the boss. So I'm allowed to attend, even though it's her birthday weekend. Bring her along. Camping. Oh, yeah, she'd love that, mate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Beer tent. (laughs) There's nothing more romantic than a weekend getaway at an airsoft festival with lots of sweaty men and women running around the woods with their toy guns. Absolutely. (laughs) It just sounds like a slice of fried gold. (laughs) Fried gold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Anthony's back. Uh, Anthony's. I forgot my username says, are you three having a strong? The UK's been in BST for three weeks now. I'll be honest with you, I just thought we were always at GMT, which is Greenwich Mean Time. Um, yeah, I have to admit, I was the same. Didn't really know that. Yeah, I, did, a, I know a, a obviously, cl- I know spring forward and fall back, but I didn't know, I thought it still remained as GMT. I thought I just GMT was... just moved. But Yeah. Just yeah. moved. I reckon it's just all bollocks, really, isn't it? They just do it to piss farmers off, that's what it is. <laughs> well actually I read somewhere that it wasn't actually brought over by farmers it was brought over uh, so it was originally done I believe in Germany uh, for farming and then a British golfer went over and decided that this would be great because it gives them more time to golf fucking golfers uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that's 100% correct but that is an article that I read relatively recently about British summertime so uh, there you go if anything we've learned a potential fact Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm speechless, you read an article on summertime. <laughs> that just sounds amazing. British summertime. British. Oh, that's all right then. I'll take it back. Yeah. That sounds incredible. I forgot exciting. my username said it's called British summertime and you thought it didn't apply to the UK. <laughs> yeah, all right. Look, I forgot your how username. Long have you been watching us? <laughs> you, you know on. exactly what we're like. <laughs> we're going to take this sort of abuse six minutes into the show. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of time for that. Give it, just give us a little while, all right? <laughs> Uh, Lance, you had to purchase this week, I believe. My purchase has arrived. Brace yourselves. The oh, lid for exciting. my cup. The the piece in particular, which I'm excited to show off most, was the bit that baffled Mike, and it is the little the little handle. <laughs> little that handle. Use. So there we go. Do you have to use the extended pinky to lift that? Yes. Yeah, I think you do. Probably. No, I don't mean lift it with the pinky. I mean you lifted it like that. Oh. Like that. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I might actually grow a, a longer pinky nail just so I can just hook it underneath. You know, For us, right. yeah, right. listeners, Lance proceeds to lift the lid of his new uh, Crusader cup lid with his pinky extended. I'm oh, sorry, hang on, I didn't extend the pinky. Your, your description is inaccurate. No. There you go. <laughs> describe, Mike, describe, you're not describing. Oh, uh, he's then licking the lid in a really, really awkward way. <laughs> and your mic look on uncomfortably. <laughs> And he yeah, leaves. The eyes. Yeah, the <laughs> eyes were doing it for me on that one, mate. I'm sorry, I was memorised. I was like, ah, what is that? Steve, like a pygmy cooking pot. Yeah, pretty much, mate, yeah. Enough to get a, a litre of water in there, mate, and boil up the old ration pack meals. Just trying to get that boil faster. I want to try this again. There's going to be a more, more science with that. See if I can re- bring that time down a bit. I think it's about eight, nine minutes, if I remember rightly. We shall see. We shall see. Is that the end of the news? Um... I haven't got anything else news. anyone wants to mention? I've ordered a oh. 58-pound water bowl. Nice. For 6 99 it comes with another cup. Another cup. <laughs> so that would be on its Which cup does way. it come with? Mark what? 2 or? Just a black 58-pound cup. Well, no, because you can obviously get a plastic one. They do metal ones. They do the 
Oh, it's just, a, it's just a set. I know it's a lot about canteen cups. <laughs> oh, it's just a standard <laughs> black cup that goes on the cool. bottle. Okay. <laughs> Don't make it more than what it is, baby. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Just ask the question. He's trying to make content. <laughs> he is contenting. Oh, we'll, we'll call that the end of the news. This is <laughs> the end of the news. <laughs> oh. So this evening we're going to be talking about uh, specialist roles. It's not um, a canteen. It's I, not a canteen, I'd Rage, like you're to... right. Yeah. Jackass. We're going to be talking about specialist roles. So um, we're going to be kind of delving into the Milsim specialist roles that we were obviously talking about previously so we had uh, we've done one on tls we've done one on ro's we've done riflemen support gunners so tonight we're going to be covering specialisms so these are things that you don't necessarily see at every uh, event so you might have these for certain uh, tasks oh god is that even a word specialisms Specialisms. i've never heard the term specialism what is your specialism that can't be right. You've made that up. I thought it was specialisation. No, no, specialisms is a word. That's even Kieran. Un- Sarah McNeary's on the bloody canteen bandwagon. You can wind your neck in as well. Enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Siding with Mike. What's the matter with her? Yeah, it's good. It's good. And I, I mean, if enough people start using it, that will just change the, the common language and then we're fine. We're no, it won't. All... Canteen is a building Canteen's you go into food. for food. Yeah. End of story. With my water bottle. <laughs> Absolutely, because it's a bottle that contains water. It's very fucking self-explanatory. It's no. like we call pavements pavements, and the Americans decided to call it a sidewalk. Yeah, well, it's because yeah. Americans I rest are very literal my case. about what they have. <laughs> Specialism <laughs> to be fair, I would expect water bottle. Google I would expect water so. bottle to be the American one because it is oh. literally a bottle that contains water. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, just well. say it's a fucking cup. <laughs> It's a cup, yeah. Yeah, it is a cup. We weren't even talking about bottles, Les, was we? We were talking about... I, I ordered a new bottle, to be fair. No, I'll give you that. Uh, sorry, Andy, were you proving me right? Yeah, I was proving you right, bastard. What, specialism? Specialism is a word. But it's not with a Z. Specialism. No, I never said it was with a Z. It just sounds like you pronounced it with a Z. Specialism. Okay, anyway, we're going to be talking about specialisms... Uh, that you can undertake. So, for example, we're going to be covering uh, an engineer role, a recon or recce role, mortar team, <coughs> intelligence officer slash interrogator, medic, UAV operator, and an EOD specialist. And what I'm going to refer to it as both a recce and a recon because we have a third of our listeners are from the states. So, uh, well, they just need to welcome, get involved. With welcome an to embrace. you in Texas and Canada. <laughs> yeah. yeah, welcome Hello, to uh, all our American Canadans. Yes. Hello to our Russian counterpart. Yeah, and the, yeah. what was it? The capital of Wales, Mike? Was it Belfast, uh, you said? I'm not playing this game. Absolute plank. Yes, and all our Canadian listeners. Yeah, in, in yes. Washington. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New York. Note why Mike's so, not never our navigator or anything, or, or is in charge of any map reading skills. I, <laughs> any of I actually got... I actually got an A in my geography A level. Specialismist. So, uh, no, that's a lie. I got a C. Specialismist. I got a C in my geography A level. I can Did tell you? you why a place is there, but just not where it is. So, there you go. I know why it's over there. 
Well, yeah. I just don't know how to get there. It's because of the terminal moraine from the glacier. Yeah, terminal <laughs> moraine. Old dude went. I'm going to put. It's a house British there. Standard Time. Yes. A, B, C, or other, other British <laughs> Standard Time. <laughs> it's a geography idiot. Oh, uh, silly gilly evening. I'm late. What did I miss? Not a lot at nothing, this point. Nothing. A little nothing. bit of news and some the rambling. Um, Literally nothing. Yeah. Uh, apparently, specialisms is a word out of Big Dick Mike's Silver Spoon book. So there we go. Big, oh, and, uh, I want to read that publication. Just, that sounds fun. Just because specialism <laughs> is a word doesn't mean that water bottle is a canteen. You will not refer to it as recon. I will fight the Americans if they don't like it. Go Rage. I'm right behind you. About 400 Rage, yards behind you. I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> little Bringing little up. Kind of going. I'll, be, I'll be having a bag of water bottles to keep Rage hydrated on his battle with the Americans. Yeah, that'd be that'd be my role. Yes. I'm happy with that. That's my specialism role. Specialism, specialism, specialism right, role. Anyway, water bottle let's boy. Stop debating the English language because I didn't think we would have to be doing an English lesson tonight. Um, for starters, sorry, that's okay. I'm dyslexic. For starters, okay. For starters, dyslexic for the world your... untie. Oh, God, what I mean, your unite, favorite? Sorry. What would be your favorite <laughs> specialist role from that list? Greg's. Mine would be a cheese and spinach. Yeah, mine's a spring roll. <laughs> I was not going to get a spring. That's the only reason you did it. You ordered Chinese, wasn't it? No, mm. I actually just bought one spring roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. I had three. I had to have two before the show because they tasted so good. Yeah. Well, when you turned around at like five o'clock and said, do you want to go to Greg? Like, do you want to make a roll? And I was like, do you want me, no, me, to, a cold. Do you want me to ASMR oh. this up to the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gross. Oh, that's stupid. Stop it. That's delicious. That is lovely. <laughs> um, <laughs> you two control yourselves. Right, well, we're going to start. Wait for me a bit quick. <laughs> we're going to start off with engineers. So, an engineering role. I'm just going to keep going. An engineering role uh, depends very much on the event. You might roll an engineer into a breaching role. They may have special tasks to do in terms of uh, bomb establishment. So, for example, rather yes, than an have. EOD role that's just disarming bombs, you may have uh, an engineer role that's kind of there mm -hmm. to place a bomb or undertake some sort of tasking in terms of you might be establishing i think we've, we've been to events we've had to establish pump stations well, like, like, like almost like a sapper sort of thing exactly yeah, that. yeah. yeah. um Got on, we, we do it so if a vehicle gets taken out so a vehicle can only be taken out by an engineer but it can also only be repaired by an engineer which is a good mm, tactic that's so cool if your vehicle goes down it means that the engineer is now actually quite important and he becomes unio nubo has he just got to be like an engineer though, or has he got to have like a, a specific yeah, yeah, kit on him, like a tool, a tool he's kit? Got a big some spanner. Yeah. <laughs> like a huge novelty one, like a foam finger, but it's a foam <laughs> yeah. spanner. Oh, engineers in, in, incoming! I was whacking the vehicle with it. Lance Deep Throat, good grief. What does this oh. turn into? This is Put him in the sin bin, Mike, sin bin. Many people. Entering James C says entering dodgy 80s porn territory. <laughs> What do you mean entering? It's already been there. If if everyone's lucky, I'm just going to say this now. If everyone's lucky, we will what, record a little behind the scenes thing 
that's not porn, just to clarify, but we may record some sort of ASMR thing that you can just download oh. at your own free oh. will. Listen to oh. while you're in the bath with your bath bomb and your yeah. candles lit. <laughs> I'll be sick. I'm sorry. I'll be like... <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be Andy's contribution to the ASMR, I'll be him just chundering all over the floor. <laughs> we'll put that to one side for the moment, and we'll come back to that at another point, because we're discussing Milsim specialisms. <laughs> Specialist roles, or whatever you want to call it. Specialismists. Um, Specialismists. Specialismists. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that's I not that bit I mean, on Ali G, in it? When he turned up at the thing, we are specialists. Oh no, we are experts. <laughs> we are experts. We are experts, in it? Sorry, Mark. Andy's kind of hit it on the head there in terms of. I mean, I think the the main times I've ever seen an engineer role in play is with vehicle repair. Mm-hmm. Um, you do sometimes get a kind of a breaching role. I know that AI five hundred. Um, whilst we may not be. A, a, particular fan they did have breaching roles within their team setups where certain gates and access points they did certain gates and access points could only be breached using c4 blocks that bit um so that was yeah i don't think we ever saw that because i think we were way past the doors that were being breached but that that is a role obviously the engineer can undertake yeah um also setting up like communications so some of the mm-hmm. uh, some of the objectives can only be done by engineers, like fixing radio communications and um, towers. And uh, I think there was one that I went to an event where there was a bridge, like, and it wasn't it wasn't destroyed, but you couldn't use it until the engineer had been on it mm-hmm. for something like ten minutes, and you had to literally keep the engineer alive for ten minutes while he repaired the bridge. That was good fun. Would you say there's a bit He's of a blurred line between engineer and like an EOD, like a like a demolitions expert type thing? I mean, where does where's the line with it? Like, does how what role what roles what point does it stop being an engineer? I, and like, I would see them as two separate roles. I would see your engineer as being the fixer upper and the blower upper, and the EOD is the man that goes. I've just found your blurry up a bit. I'm going to deactivate it. Beep, that's a good beep, shout. Beep. Yeah, that's a fair one. EOD is the anti-bang. Engineer is yeah. bang. Maybe. You're the anti-bang to my I mean, I, I say, it's very event-dependent. <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll find that different events have different rule sets and different yeah. setups. Um, Delicious. I mean, I, I, mm. I've often thought it would be entertaining if you could have an event by which the only forms of communications were done through physical telephone wires. So you have to, like, trail a wire across the ground, say. I, I don't know how the practicality that of would that be cool. health and safety point like, of view. <clears throat> if like, it was back at Longmore, for example, like setting up telecommunications between the buildings, like if you had platoon houses, like you had, you had mm. a couple of sections like dotted about, and you had to actually run a cable for, for local comms. That would be quality, like a wicked little tasking. Because mm. yeah, then you've man. also got the tasking where you could break break those. Well, it's that cutting um, lines and then going out and having to repair yeah, stuff yeah, and that to establish yeah. comms again. and shit. That'd be, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, maybe rather than break, you could have like a plug that you just unplug and then re-plug in again. But that would be quite sad. <laughs> Cool <laughs> um, yeah, John. John said field phones work for safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly Coupling that. I mean, street. if you Fuck's sake, Terry. <laughs> well, Terry's just standing at one side. Say, Terry's one to be that field thing. telephone where you have to wind it like that. Hello, hello, Terry. I mean, especially, especially if you were to make it so that the teams weren't allowed like a regular comm system. So, for example, say, I mean, ugh, we're harking on to um, modern warfare here from the sort of games 
and on, online sort of systems and like that. But you know the EMP blasts that you can use as a kind of counter um, ability measure that you could, it's like a perk, isn't it? You get mm-hmm. like the uh, counter UAV or something like that. If you had the ability that you could take away people's comms, that's obviously going to impact their game. It's going to mean that they have to protect their comms. Their comms become much more important and functional in terms of relaying information between bases. You could even have runners at that point, which would make it more interesting as well. So, you know, are you going to rely on your comm system to get an important message back to um, uh, your FOB or whatever, or are you going to send a runner? Runners mm. could obviously be intercepted. Um, that would be an interesting concept for a game, potentially. So what? Uh, Ray said you'll be wanting carrier okay. pigeons next. No, I'll be eating yeah. them. They'll be in the pan, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of salt and pepper, cherry tomatoes, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. What sort of a kit then for an engineer? Anti-comms Kestrel. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of a kit for a um for an engineer? Like a small toolkit? You mean like because nothing that you wouldn't carry anyhow? Like in your like your in your, like your riff repair kit, like side cutters and stuff. Anything specific you'd say? Mm, like bolt yeah, cutters like, and stuff. Maybe like a couple of pounds 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 of um C four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> genuine C four. Genuine C four. <laughs> 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 um, I brought my Play-Doh. Yeah. Well, it could be yeah, some and some form of like deck, some sort of deck cord C4, you know, yeah. um, the actual probes that they put into the C4. Complete, I've had a complete brain fart just now. That roll was delicious. Detonators. <laughs> that is the detonators. That's not the trigger, is it? That's, no, that's no, the, the detonator. The one that you hold. So C4, I, I haven't know. C4 this, in itself isn't actually the... that dangerous, is it? On its own, as a no, thing. No, so C4, like, so Plastic explosive has, um, if you think of the energy release that's required... We can talk about this, can't we, before we go any further? I believe we can. We'll find out. This is not. This is this is public information, so this is this is very freely available on the website, or not our website. Fuck me, we're not. Instructions on C four. No, so <clears> the way that the way that C four works is that C four is a, um, it's an explosive, but you require a primary detonation explosive to give it enough energy that it can then arc, and I'll forget the terminology, but it then arcs and then releases its energy. So you need to have that initial detonation explosive, which is why if you take the detonator out of C4, the detonator is quite a small explosive because the the majority of the explosive energy is coming from the C4 for the actual um, primary task of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For the primary task of that explosion. Um, So, yeah. It's an interesting, interesting little thing, but it's, yeah, it's ultimately what's, not. What's C five. I've seen that knocking around. I don't know. Channel five. No, no, no. It was on. It was on boomsticks. So that'd be cool. So an actual like a C four deck, a deck kit, like a shapes charge kit, if you like. Hmm. Yeah. Wire cutters, bolt croppers, some sort of yeah, some sort of spool of wire yeah. or something. And a wrench or something for vehicle repairs. So, you, like, you have to have your wrench. <laughs> Set of sockets or something. You have to have like your that. wrench in your hand while you're working on a tasking. That's cool. No, I like it. That not sound dirty. So, it makes you. It's, it's another, again, it's an element of, like, you need that roll there. That roll's got to be there in place. You know, you can choose not to have one, but then you won't be able to do any of the following sort of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it yeah. also it, it makes you choose, like, having specialist roles within the team, doesn't it? Which is cool. Yeah. I mean the other the other aspect to all of this is that if depending on how the uh, game event is organized if the organizers were to give specialist briefings to engineers or medics or you know 
whoever's doing a, a specialist tasking, it means that they actually have theoretically got a skill set. So it's not just a case of, oh, oh Dave's dead. Uh, Jake, you're the engineer now. You know, it, it, it means that they've got to have an element of understanding of that, how that mechanism works for that gameplay. Um, so it's not just, I mean, Medic Rule is a classic example of that. And we'll, we'll come on to Medics in a bit. But most sites, you don't generally need to have a Medic because ultimately you've got a couple bandages. After being hit out once or twice, you're, you're just dead and you go respawn. Mm. Um, with, a, with events which run a Medic Rule, you can potentially have five or six bandages on you but you are utilising the team's ability to medic people. Yeah, defo. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what what sort of uh, loadout kit do we reckon we would have as an engineer? We'll just cover that quickly. It's like, um, to me, I would probably suggest it's going to be like an, uh, an M4 sort of rifle platform or an SMG. Like yeah, I, I would be steering more towards an SMG, a bit more compact, in and out of vehicles quite a lot, I'd imagine. Um Shotgun, I would have thought for breaching. Maybe. Perhaps you know, and obviously like a day sack with obviously the relevant kit mm. requirements you'd need in it. Um, a lot of them, the time you see, they usually work in pairs as well, don't they? So whether there's actually two people, one being more of us like, to be able to put security in, whilst the other guy's working on something, something. So you know, divvying the kit up between them and stuff, that could be quite a good little buddy system sort of role to fulfil. That could be quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a basic load. I'm obviously they're, they're both there, but they're. He or she would both be riflemen, anyhow, regardless. Um, but they're obviously their chosen subject, if you like, would be like their their, their EOD or whatever it is. Yeah, because yeah, I've been cool. to events where you can't I like go, that. That should be developed. If you're more, sorting a building, they'll they'll have like two buildings with like tape on it, like on mm. the door. And unless you've got an engineer in your squad, you can't enter through that section of the door, like section of the building. Mm. Um, so you have to go through like the main entrance, which is probably more heavily guarded um that was really fun actually because we ended up trying to go well even trails you could they could even like organizers if it's a large site that you're at you know there could be certain trails which are littered with landmines or there's an ied threat id Mm -hmm. threat there and you know luckily for us mike's got two valons or something so we've actually got kit that you can sort of you, you can check ground and things like that but if not everyone has that, so if you had the element of like, right, okay, fair enough, you've, but you've got an engineer in your team, as long as you've got the engineer in your team and he's active and in play, um, then you can move through that section. But yeah. if you haven't got an, if you've not got an engineer in your section, then you can't use that, you can't use that trail, you yeah, can't use exactly. that area there. Do you know what I mean? And it forces people to think, oh Christ, well, we haven't got one, so we can't go that way. Do you know what I mean? And it sort of changes the dynamic of the game, which would be mm. quite cool. You know? Almost like engineers only section. <laughs> you just have every engineer from the from the event just all there together. We've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got no medics. We're, we're gonna yeah. die. It's not only fans, it's just only engineers. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, ultimately the the ability to have certain kit and bits and pieces is going to massively affect the gameplay and the taskings. You know, for example, if you've got a an event where you are running a recon or, or recce section, which ultimately they've all got sniper rifles, they're not going to be clearing buildings. There's no point employing that team to be doing building clearance. You know, mm. No, they'd be good for... Not, not to say they can't, but it's just... Then that's you know, not what they're there for, is it? What do you think no, about what we did at, 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 at Mac, as a You think of what hmm. Mac, what we did there, I, I'd consider that being a, as a specialist role, because that's mm-hmm. something... I mean, I've never done that before yep. in, a, in any other event. In, in an actual... Recce situation. 
I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, just don't just give me all a bit that. Of love Jeez, right, well, let's um, let's move on to the EOD specialist because I think that kind First of nicely warning, rolls Mike, into that. You get two more than you get slaps at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I might like that. <laughs> what about Remy vehicle recovery? Yeah, defo, mate. Yeah, absolutely. All that stuff can be brought into it. Vehicle recovery. If there's a vehicle strike, you know, it's got to be recovered yeah, yeah. back to the to the to the main patrol base or or FOB before it can then enter the game again. And only an engineer can bring it back with a designated driver or however it'll work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think the only thing I would add is that if you are running an event where you've got an engineer role, um, looking at Defiant here because I think they're in the chat, um, don't don't have it set up because the number of events that I've seen where and these aren't Defiant events to clarify these are some other companies, but the number of events where you get to a location and you you just have to stand there for an hour whilst you activate the bomb. Or, or you're defusing the bomb. Actually yeah, there's no element of doing something, is there? An actual thing, because it means that if you're under stress and under fire, it's harder to focus on what you're doing. And I mm. think that's where it comes into having either specialist training or like a little handbook. You can have these like little um, uh, laminated handbooks. Make it complicated. Make it something that people yeah. have to flick through, and they've got to read information and do stuff and pull a wire out. Well, that's what they did. Combination code. That's what they did on the um, uh, on the bridge build. Um, mm. Like he literally had to go around and like move, like logs and stuff that they put on the bridge, Um, and he had to like he had to literally like pretend to do up nuts and bolts with a spanner and things like that for ten minutes. And they said, "You if if you as soon as you stop and you just stand there, then the timer stops because you're just standing there doing nothing." And that worked really well. Mm. That's fair enough. Mm. Yeah, he did get shot twice, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Gutted. Right, EOD. So, uh, I mean, t- um, SEO are in the chat. My EOD kit and EMOE kit is the same. So, EMOE, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, is the Explosive Method of Entry, and EOD stands for uh, Explosive Ordnance Disposal. I believe that's correct. Um, Sweet. So, talking of EOD or uh, ATO, uh, which is the Ammunitions Technical Officer, I believe. I think. I will just check that. Um, that's a role that I've actually undertaken prior. Um, it was quite a good event to do that. We had metal detectors. The site was so full of bits of metal because it was made up with made ground that the pretty much everywhere was going beep, 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 beep the whole time. So the metal detectors actually worked out to be relatively useless uh, in that particular scenario. However, Having the ATO role or the EOD role at that event, we obviously had the explosives, which had a um, sweeper pad, uh, like a little pad that you obviously tread on, and then that classes as the explosion. So it was useful having that. I was then shown how to deactivate that. Um, so again, you know, if things were found, I was the one to go in and ultimately blow up. And I think I managed to defuse one IED. <laughs> um, we we managed to detonate one by crossing the path and then coming back again. And then we'd missed treading on the detonator plate the first time and hit it the second time, mm. which was uh, particularly fun. But That's how you yeah. disarm them. Is it just walking? Yes. Yeah, but again, it's a good roll. And if it does, one does go off, you know, that's potentially, yeah, yeah. if you, if you're not, if you're all bunched up in that, you know, that's potentially a, a, a squad wipe in it or, you know, at least two or three guys that are that are either wiped or severely or severely injured, and then that creates a Kazivak situation. That then brings the medic role into the into the into the gameplay. Yeah. You know, and then we, you're onto the elements of the QRF. Need to bring a vehicle in. 
you know, there's a chance a vehicle gets hit, the engineer's got to sort that out. So there's all these roles going on in like yeah, one yeah. little scenario, which makes it great. You know, quality little uh, bits and bobs going on. So from an EOD loadout, do we think that you would have much of a different specialism from the engineer? I think you, or do you I think, think it just ultimately revolves around the tasks. Mm, yeah, I mean, obviously EOD, you'll have like a like a marking kit as well for like marking routes. Yeah. Um, when doorways are clear and things like that, you know, like I think I think it's like a blue chem light or something, or red chem light for something that's not been checked, or there's a hazard there or something like that. You know, there's diff- different bits and bobs that you'd carry compared to uh, like yeah, an engineer. Flags as well, you can. Yeah, little marker flags. Yeah, marker you, you, flags. you can use you, the, you know like tins like coloured spray, like marker paint, yeah. things like that for marking routes and stuff like that that you've checked. I know we've had this conversation before, but for anyone that doesn't know, the Valen metal detectors have a mine-sweeping clearance oh, this is the, kit. The blue dye. It's a pressurized, yeah, it's a pressurized canister that clips onto the <laughs> oh, yeah, Valen yeah. system with a hose. That you can then um, there's a little nozzle that comes out where the detector head is. So you've got a little trigger, but uh, by your hands, you you can. If you hit some metal or anything like that, you can just squeeze the trigger, and it just releases a pressurized blue spray. Um, which is just a, a little dye kit that you just mix water into. Um, I'd never used this kit before. I was very excited to use it. I pressurized it all up, and I'm out there marking the ground. Um, Reaper, the Reaper guys were following on behind. I think Terry, Les, um, can't remember if Dale was there or not. I know there was a few of them sort of following on behind me, trying to miss all the blue spots that I was spraying because I say everything was metal in that ground. Mm. Got back to my basher after the tasking. I was like, right, I'm going to probably dismantle the uh, the Valen at this point. Clearly, I don't know why I sat in my basher to start with, because literally I had the roof here. I opened up the canister, not remembering that it's pressurized. This shit went everywhere. I've got blued. I basically look like I got jizzed on by Smurf. I'm just going to put that out there. But it was, it was horrendous. And a lot of my kit is still stained blue because I can't get this stuff out. Um, genius so yeah, absolute be, be genius. careful if you're going to use any sort of pressurized <laughs> identification marker um, mm. <laughs> James yeah, sees it it's James... almost like you need to have training <laughs> you know, go figure yeah. you, know, you can just pick up any bit of British military kit just use it that's fine just fucking crack on <laughs> yeah it's good fun though I, I, um, I use it for a little bit of metal detecting down at the beach as well do you um? Did you actually find out how you depressurize that can in the end, or do you still not know how to? Uh... Uh, yes, I've, I've. Well, I've come up with a procedure, which is you stand fucking far away from it when you open it up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> or you just hold the trigger down, Blue and it will group. obviously release the spray up. Um, Fair play. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> would you? So I know a lot of the EOD kits I've seen; they always seem to add on a load of bulk to their body armor or. Like so, you often see a lot of osprey vests with the full collar, the brassards, you know, the full-on everything. Um, I think that's yeah, ballistic nappies and stuff like that. But then a lot of the guys, like especially like you watch documentaries like of Afghan and that, you know, especially like the Yanks went mad for our British ballistic nappies, like a goal that went on to you know protect the crown jewels and that. Apparently they were like rocking or shit trying to get hold of them because the Yanks were always after them, but. um yeah, I suppose there's going to be an element, especially if you're actually going into diffuse. I mean, like you see, what is it, Hurt Locker films like that, and they're actually fully armoured up, and they look like some sort of dreadnought stamp, yeah. stomping about the place, which I think might be a bit excessive for a for an airsoft defence. But we don't know. You know, maybe maybe it's uh, mm. called for. You know, if you've I got to put a cordon in and, and evacuate own. people because it's a huge device or something that's been mm. located. You know, that that that'll um. Oh, Alien World Airsoft, welcome along, mate. 
Um, oh, hello. Evening. It does depend on the uh, the IED that you're like disposing of. So, for example, if you are recreating a kind of hurt locker situation, um, so there's like, like twelve have... artillery shells in a circle, weren't there? Just all wired yeah. into each other, and he just yeah, like picks just them, up. them up. And it's like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be like, yeah. So, I mean, that. I can see that because <laughs> yeah. I know and Andy and I have sort of been talking about doing a, a doing an EOD yeah. loadout because Andy makes little robots. Um, and I like dressing up, so that's a natural uh, pairing there. Um, you tell where that's going. Yeah. But then, um, and I'm going to use I'm going to use the television as a reference point here because I, I don't have actual experience in the army. But if anyone ever saw the series Bluestone Four Two, um, I believe that was mm. whilst a comedy loosely based on you know accurate British kit uh, as as close as possible. Um, and they they generally tended to attend IEDs. Um, with the Osprey vest. I know one of the things that I did find interesting was if you are running an EOD role, apparently the best thing is to not have anything on the front because of the you're, all you're doing is creating shrapnel in front of you. So if the blast goes up, it's just going to knock everything off the front of your plate carrier up into your face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lovely thought. Sorry, I was, I was laughing because Terry said, would you class that as a blue on blue? <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think it was blue um, in blue at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, ultimately, I think we'll probably say that the EOD is not too dissimilar from the engineer role. Obviously, different different taskings and the like. Uh, let's, let's roll into something slightly different. So let's do more to teams. Uh, I'm going to defer to Lance to kind of kick this one off because I know you, you were probably one of the first between the three of us to have a mortar. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. They're good fun. I like them, but I mean, like you see them now, though they're they're not really used that t- t- for all intents and purposes. That you don't really see them often to getting used as a mortar, do you? Let's be honest. No, there are no. there's variations out there now that are all shoulder mounted, and you know it's just sort of like you know not my bag. But yeah, anyhow, like a mortar team sort of thing, like a two or three man team, you know, one with additional rounds and stuff like that on him carry and, and keeping it accurate as as you possibly can. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how many rounds. Um, sort of one infantry could carry um, as within a mortar team. You know whether it be sort of six or eight rounds in a sort of day sack. Maybe I don't know. Um, but that would be cool. You know, obviously you've got the actual mortar itself, the tube. You know, um, I don't know what would you call the targ like the. I don't know. Obviously you'll have one operating the mortar. There'll obviously be a loader or fire. It's only usually two guys you see there, wouldn't you? I think you uh, have an observer as well. The mortar, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I mean, obviously, if it's the infantry mortar, 38 mil, you just operate that on your own. Yeah, I think that's, so... a, I think that's still a two-man team. I think that is a two-man. That is a two-man team, I think. That oh, one. okay. Because you have an ammo carrier. I don't know. There's. I'm sure there are people in the chat that have more experience with that than us. Mm. Um, but the mortar, I mean, I think it brings... It, like, like creating a, a teamed element to an event, like, like individual... Um, yeah, the 88's got three guys on it, yeah. Um, is there a forty-two mil as well? Is there a forty-two millimeter more? Am I making that up? I, I swear there's a forty-two, forty-four. I don't know. Anyhow, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so it's great. Like, like you said, like you've always said, Mike, about having um, um, like machine guns and having actually actually having a machine gun team sort of thing where you've got like the ammo carrier and you've got actually got the, the operator mm. of the machine gun and making that as like a crew, you know, like a gun crew for that. Um, and bringing that element of buddy system to it, like obviously with a gun can't fire because you haven't got the guy there with the ammunition with it and things like that. 
that's cool and it should be the same with mortars you know it makes them not harder to carry but it, it, it's not like well, i just i'll just sling it in my day sack and i'll carry 90 fucking mortar rounds in my, in my pack it's like well, no because that's just excessive isn't it do you know what i mean although technically we can because they're only cardboard little cardboard tubes and you could probably get that in a day sack you know i'd say sort of between sort of like four and six would be more than enough for one person to carry as well as all their other kit and sort of try and keep an element of realism to it because if you know if you've got three guys in a team that all decide oh we're all going to take our mortars out and we've all got nine i mean it's just like a b absolute massive barrage and it? it'd be the same sort of thing with like it'd be the same thing if you've got like a ugl do you know what i mean if you've got a grenade uh, grenadier in the, in, the, in a section that's got a ugl i mean how many how many realistically 40 millimeter grenades would he carry in the field i mean i know you can get bandoliers of 13 or 14 but actually mm. physically on him as well as all his other kit you know that's going to yeah, be an awful yeah, lot yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the numbers would be on that I mean I'd sort of be tempted to sort of say in the region between sort of like 6 and 8 maybe rounds I don't know but that's something to bear in mind but yeah like a mortar, a mortar cruise yeah I think they bring a wicked and they, they're so cool to see you actually see someone there holding mm. the tube no one dropping the rounds in boof, 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 all going off it's quite, it was a great video the Reaper boys did a great video three of them operating a, um, three individual tubes which was cool yeah, that I like that six UGL rounds uh, is normal. Depends ops Afghan have been more. So, so yeah, so it's between six and eight UGL rounds. That's you know, that, that, I'd say that'd be a fair assumption. And I think it's two UGLs per twelve-man section. Ryan, is it? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's usually two riflemen have got UGLs in a section in the full section. Obviously, you got your your DMR and your um your LMG. John says mortar rounds on the ground would be spread out uh, in the section would be about 16 to 20 in all. Um, that's smoke and nightlight rounds. Right, okay, so yeah, so that, yeah, so explosive rounds and that would be less than that still. So yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, I'm all for the bringing the, the, the realism as much as possible. You know, it's like, see people like carrying like 12 Mark 5s in a pack. Like, yeah, I, I know we can do that, but you wouldn't, you'd have a a smoke perhaps two frags at a push and maybe a flashbang so i'd say four sort of types of pyrotechnics or pyrotechnics on any one person whether that be four and i think that makes yeah, the game yeah, more interesting smokes. as well so when you're when you're room clearing you're not sitting there just throwing pyro well this is it because i've seen it i've building. seen it i've seen it's it someone with mark fives just just chucking them over a wall just chucking chucking mark fives was bad i mean it sounds great yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong it does it sounds brilliant but it's not mm. you know you're not there to just create good sounds for other people you know, it's get, it's get, it, it becomes a point where it's just like, oh my god, please stop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think we yeah, were, I mean, that, um, that should that should be monitored. I think is the amount of pyro. Yeah, there's a lot more weren't we? Where they they lobbed pretty much an entire box of pyro at us. I mean, you're probably you're probably talking. We we probably sitting there because we were we were dead after the first one. Um, mm. But you know, following the following. But you the just couldn't move. The, you were literally tucked no, into yeah. the thing trying to move, and you just couldn't because it was just they were just constantly coming over over. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, yeah, boom, 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 and you just like you were just like that, and you were like shit, shit, shit. <laughs> I was next you to know. that lad at the Defiant event, you know, at the after the football match, mm. um, and he was literally he just had like Mark Fives lined up on the fence, and he was just like <laughs> with the whole thing. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I was like, no one can move because you. And then I think one of his grenades blew up James, as James was trying to sort something out <laughs> because he was just throwing them randomly wherever. <laughs> One thing I will say with a Mark V is that if you add a little bit of um, masking tape, and I, I suggest masking tape because I think that's more biodegradable than some of the other teletapes, mm. um, 
but if you strap like a little ring of that around one end, you get a little bit more throwing out of it. Ball of the, clay, mate. Momentum. Ball of clay. That's just the best one. It, yeah, all clay. Yeah. You get a ball of clay, you can get miles on them. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes if you're ultra lucky, it sticks to a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a little slingshot, it works even better. That's the that Play Doh. That's why we need more Play Doh at the event. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. Modeling clay right, for okay, modifiers so and shape charges. <laughs> We've obviously covered engineer and EOD and mortars. Let's talk about medics. So Good old medic medics. I've done this role medic roles are probably I've the one that well. are most yes. universally used. Um, <laughs> Marky boy, are you? <laughs> Um, still comes back to haunt me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it does still work, LanceLanceLance.com. No, it does now. Like to, we, had a little, uh, we had a little blip a couple of weeks ago, but Lance, Lance, Oh, Lance, I'm pleased. I'm so works. glad it's working again. Oh, yeah. I'm really worried. Yeah, no, it does still work. Excellent. Yeah, it still works. Um, <laughs> the... Yeah, sorry, forgot my username. says uh, I'm simulating an airstrike. I mean, you could do that. I have... I have seen um, skirmish days where they simulate an airstrike Even where they in a certain kind of smoke and then marshals would just start flinging Mark Fives around, which I think actually works quite well. Um, you know, if, you, if you've got within the range that you can lob that Mark Five and that's it's, cool. it's that's a cool. like the sound within that, that that's game, quite fun. that's a nice idea. If you're just literally running around on a Milsom event and you've got a bag of <laughs> 500 Mark Fives. <laughs> I'm a plane. Yeah, I'm, I'm a plane. <laughs> 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 come get you. <laughs> Just oh. a forty mic coming out your mouth so you can like replicate like, the AA10 oh, or whatever. Don't, it is. don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't open your mouths because that'll be turned into a meme in seconds. Don't do it. I was literally about to go. No, I'm not going to do that. But, oh, no. Mark your marks in, so that's not happening. <laughs> Um, yeah, so medics. We obviously me medics are probably the one that's most universally used at events. Uh, for those that haven't seen a medic role, it generally tends to be a player who is fairly lighter on their feet. I would no. argue. No, that's, that's a lie. Because well, I've done it. squad, we go. I've done it as well, and I've been <laughs> terrible. <laughs> a lot of the time, we go. You haven't got a role. You're the medic, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, great!" And we're Cheers, like, "Yeah." And again, see, that's when it needs to make it a more appealing role to to carry out, doesn't it? Actually, yeah. actually, give it some more structure and a bit of gumption behind it. You know, we've spoken before about some of our events about actually issuing everyone gets five or three. Was it three or five different injury yeah, cards? Five, five injury mm. cards, wasn't it? And it, literally, you keep them in a pocket or something like that. You just grab one out and just say, "That's my injury." So it would be apply a bandage, like lower leg injury or, or head injury or upper arm injury, a torso injury, anything like that, just to make just to, yeah, gonorrhea. <laughs> yeah. A strong course of that, a broad spectrum antibiotic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just to bring that element to that role, which thinks, oh, right, Christ, I've got to treat this now, blah, blah, blah. Or, or I think there was one sort of like booby trap card in there, which was like Kazivax. And if they picked that out, you actually had to stretch her out yeah, the yeah. casualty. And get them back to a certain distance before they come back into the game. Like, um, like um, over exaggerated wound. I he's basically got an over exaggerated wound on right shoulder, and you just go, shut up, get up, get up. <laughs> <laughs> <Go on laughs> like, you're being an idiot. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I mean, doing it that way because otherwise it's just you're just someone running up to you, and it's even like skirmish days is like holding on to someone for ten seconds, and what do people do? Turn your back in, or, or putting a white band on, or something like that. But um, you know bringing that element to it which is actually oh there is a you've 
the casualties in front of me. This is what's up with them, you know. And obviously, if there's an, if there's levels of like critical care that's got to be given and things like that, it just brings that. If, and if you're in a firefight, and obviously your medic your medic's got to then take a casualty back, you're then still left with your squad that's not got a medic there. And like, do we carry on going forward? Do we do we wait till this has been sorted and then carry on? We got a time limit before we've got to achieve this task and that we're on. That's something that Octo do actually rather well, where they say, if you get hit in your torso or your head, that's it. Like, you've got to call for, like, you, you're, you're critical, down yeah. And you've got to call for a medic. If you get shot in the legs or the arm, then that, you can choose to not use that leg or the arm until you get a medic. Because mm. it's like when you and me... Like, that's really that hard to remember when you don't do it very it's often. It's very yeah. hard to remember. <laughs> Because I've, I've, come, I've, I've fallen foul of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that. When you froze my inner thigh, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> but then you managed to shoot both my, uh, um, one of my arms and both of my legs, and I'm crawling along the floor with the other. Come back here, I'll bite you. And it just shot me in the head. I shot Mike, and I was like, yes, got him, like that. So I walked up to him, sort of like, and literally, as I got close, he was laying on his side, and he got, and he went, ah! It sat with his pistol, stuck it in my leg, and pulled the trigger, and it, all that happened was a massive gas release out the, and it just froze. My, I was like, ah! Oh! He was just frozen. And he was like, oh, so that doesn't count. That doesn't count. He was like, I was like, you bastard! You froze my leg. I was using a new form of airsoft weaponry that's not yet come out on the market mm. um, the, the frost the gun the, cryo, the cryogenic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I was Mr. Freeze from Batman that day. there we go <laughs> Mr. Freeze Mr. Freeze <laughs> um, there's also different ways of you can run a medic roll so obviously there's the classic big bag of bits of bed cloth that have been cut into bandages you can run them with uh, actual bandages, um, usually out-of-date ones. For example, the Israeli bandages or, or sort of that sort of thing where you've got that actual kind of packet of bandage that you sort of strap around. Uh, there's obviously, there's, I was just trying to find it, actually. The Milsim, I believe it's Milsim West, but I might be wrong. Uh, there's obviously companies in America that are running events where you have the water bottle system that I know we've talked about before, where the medic actually has to carry around a load of water. So whilst you've been shot out, you can you are healing whilst drinking that bottle of water, yeah. mm. um, which is another thing as well. So if a medic can't just carry around 400 bandages and heal everybody left, right, and centre, uh, you know you obviously have to offset that weight with the capability of being able to run around and actually get to the. Because uh, uh, you imagine um, being really unlucky and getting like shot situation. four times in a row and then just going, I need a pee. <laughs> <laughs> No more healing for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't want to get revived. Well, it'd, be, it'd be like the whole thing. And that would be more reason for people to carry their own personal kit, like an in-game kit, do you know what I mean, where they've got their own couple of bandages or they've got a couple of bottles of water additional, yeah. which is their which is their medic kit. Especially like like John's just said, then a great idea for summer. Mm. Great, great, great method of keeping yeah. people hydrated in the summer. Yeah, no, yeah that's, that's cool. why they do it. Cause some of their events, like... It's going to be 30, 40 in. degree heat, isn't it? Yeah. That's going to be crazy hot. Mm. So what do we think, uh, medic-wise, loadouts? I reckon it's just going to be a standard rifleman, but he's going to have a medic yeah, kit yeah. on him, pretty much. Um, his day set's going to be mainly mainly his medical supplies, maybe a, uh, a deployable stretcher sort of thing, if, if the event required it. You know, if we use those cards sort of thing, I've got a couple of them here that are... 
the, the specific material stretcher. Do you know what I mean? They're not like a basher that's made into a stretcher. They are they are a stretcher, yeah, but yeah. like a heavy duty material one. Um, so it'd be that. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine if you had to body bag people as well? Like you can't just. Like, oh mate, yeah. You're not just no, dead. Did. You've got to be actually. Yeah, sorry. Out in a body bag. That's a little bit excessive. I think. Well, we did that in the didn't we? We did do that to find, and that was a set piece. Yeah. Uh, and the guy that we body bagged out was horrifically ill for <laughs> the next two hours. Oh yeah, he, he was actually got motion sickness, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and that was a bit. That was a bit of a bit of a jaunt back, wasn't it? That was that was a. Mm. But we did it. We did it. We we achieved that day. That yeah. day we achieved. We <laughs> got ambushed, and Mike goes. Defend the defend the casualty and just laid on him like that and just went. I've got you. I've got you. In his in his ear. He's like yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, that's probably poorly for the next two yeah, hours. While well, you guys were fighting <laughs> off the enemy, I was having to just make sure he stayed alive. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to try again to resuscitate him, guys. You keep keep, keep yeah. the heads down. I was like, he's already no looking now. over here. No peeky peeky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, Mike? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's very, very technical. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> I am healing. I am. I am healing. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that's medic roles. Uh, let's talk about a UAV operator. So this is probably quite a, spe uh, a specific role. It's very specialist in that a lot of events nowadays with the reg regulations relating to UAVs obviously being mm -hmm. a lot tighter. You can't just wander around a site with a little drone or something, whack it up in the air and fly it around. Usually, uh, using Defiant as an example, um, because I'm, I'm very acutely aware of their their rules, having a, attending their event this weekend. Having broken the... many of them himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Constantly getting a bollocking. Um, yes. No, so they obviously they have a requirement for insurance um, and there's sort of special briefings if you're going to be running drones and the like. And also, I mean, to be fair, if you've got multiple drones at the game, you don't want the drones flying into each other because that's just going to cause problems as well. Mm. Um, so with the drone and I think there should be a time limit of how long they can be used for as well because as, as cool yeah. as they are and the footage they, they get is awesome, love it. But then it can be a little bit tedious to kind it as well. So I think there should be like, um, like, like, like you've got like overhead cover for approximately sort of like five minutes in a designated point on the map. You can't just think, oh, just stick the drone up, just fly them around. Because so, let's be honest, a lot of sites they're not huge, huge. You probably could traverse a, a site, air, an aerial view of the site in a few minutes. Uh, a lot of places. So to say, right, you can. We want you to search these two buildings and just hover over them and just gather intel for five minutes. You know that's cool. But to be able to just sting what sling them up and just cut them about willy-nilly I think that you know that can be a little bit near if you're trying to sort of maneuver around in that you know I think it's got to be a specific request from a team out on the ground and say we've got a feeling that this is going on over there at these two buildings grid reference blah 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 can you get can we get any sort of like overcover if you like or eyes on just to see what's happening because we can't see the other side of that building for example or something like that that's when they sort of I think drones sort of come into their own then for, for gathering intel as well you know, like, like counting the numbers and things like that. that that's awesome. I like that. It's particularly useful as well when you have a in-game command structure. So rather than having your zero being the, the, the DS for the event or the, the game organisers, if you've actually got an internal command team, so for example, it might be um, just just a normal player that's booked on, or maybe it's someone that's you know taken on that role for that event because of their experiences or their their background 
or anything like that. If you if you've got like um, um, Legion was always very good for this. You usually had like a team of two or three. They were effectively DSs, but they would stay in the compound and they were trying to play the game. So they mm. would be fed little tidbits of information, the briefings and debriefs that kind of went out and came in in terms of finding out intel, compiling that together, having information provided in, in terms of HVTs and the like. You know, if, if you had the ability to uplink that drone footage to a live command structure that's kind of situated and, and issuing instructions, it's like, right, okay, we've, we've just noticed there's an influx of op four moving in from the north, we need you to pull back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's quite an interesting but especially if it's a night ops or something like that you know there's there's thermal drones out there nowadays which could make it very interesting and well, do you also, remember that countermeasure we spoke of bitching. yeah, yeah. I mean, but yes exactly that countermeasure we, we, about the ir laser sort of thing about having being able yeah. to have a little like a sensor fitted to the drone and if you've got a launcher on the ground that you can actually laser designate that drone as a as a, as a mm-hmm. method of like contacting it and then, which would then inadvertently send a signal back to the operator, like a red beacon light flashes or something like that. And if that flashes, obviously he knows his drone's been hit. It's either got to go to ground where it's at, or it's got to return to base and um, and sort of like be, wait out for like an hour or something like that, like a cool down time. That'd be quite cool, actually, having someone with a launcher that can sort of like laser designate this drone or sort of like light it up, sort of thing, paint it with a laser, and it activates this mm. IR. That'd be awesome. That'd be such a cool element to the game to be able to take the drones out of the game. No one says, "Don't shoot the drones! Don't shoot the drones!" But to bring that element in, and where, where you're sort of simulating shooting it down, mm. that would be quality. It would just be that would be fantastic. Especially if you know that the enemy's got anti-air capability. You know, it might be that your your approach to that mission is to take out that anti-air first. Mm. You know, you 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 you've got a rough idea that there's an AA site or something in, in the trees off to the the left of the main objective you know you go and hit that first take that out and then you can call in your air support mm-hmm. on that basis with your um, planting yeah i mean drones ultimately you know you look at the ukraine war drones are massively used nowadays mm-hmm. and they're just using like well they've literally been developed in that in, in that conflict they've literally developed drone mm-hmm. warfare in that conflict because i you know you don't really see it you see uh, sort of UAVs and that from Afghan and things like that, the, the Reaper, sort of the big stuff. But I mean, I'm talking about the small, compact, sort of backpack size bits and bobs that can literally just drop a little bit of ord like what, it, what do they call it? Loitering munitions, don't they? Yeah. Where it literally mm. essentially just literally hovers the battle zone, yeah. just looking for a target. Most of them are just hand grenades and just modified, bottles, literally just, just modified hand grenades, yeah. yeah. Inside something, it, some of them are in like, bean cans and things like that. So when yeah, yeah. Like, they did so it in Vietnam, they did such a simple booby trap in Vietnam. Fresh meat, take yeah, it easy, man. And it was literally pulling the pin on a grenade, putting it inside a baked bean or an empty can, mm-hmm. and then letting it go, and then just tying a bit of string to it. As soon as someone walks through, pulls the grenade out of the can, it, the spoon yeah. flips, and that's it. It's game over, sort of thing. Some really mm-hmm. basic stuff, but with devastating results. Dale makes a good point as well. I mean, you've got, would be a good scenario for places like Dog Tag or Imperium due to the props and the AA equipment that they've got placed. And exactly that. It, yeah, it's, definitely, mate. It's taking yeah. equipment and bits of kit that are already there and actually giving them a bit more of a function rather than just being a prop on the site. You know, Longmore, for example, they've got the uh, the downed helicopter um, that's in the woods over there. And they've also got some of the helicopters kind of positioned around to, I think they use it for replicating sort of. Um, not necessarily evac points, but you know, drop off points or anything like that. I mean, you could have it so that you are effectively sitting inside the chopper and you you deploy from that. So it's utilising that um, functionality, I guess, a little bit more. Ryan's um, said drone hawk down. So I mean, that could again be another objective. Yeah. Um, if you've got a downed UAV that you've got to go and recover a memory card from or something like that, that could be mm. interesting. 
Um, so, yeah, so I mean, did... I think you obviously... Sorry, you have to obviously comply with the regulations of the UK and the laws and the insurances and stuff behind that because, you know, drones fundamentally can be a bit dangerous if they're not mm -hmm. used properly and incorrectly. Mm -hmm. And some of the massive ones, you know, you've got a massive weight flying around. If you don't know what you're doing, that's obviously not ideal. But they're good fun, and I, I think they fully have a place. Little RC cars, I was going to just tack that onto UAVs. Do you think they should be used? No. Well, um... Unless they're serving a uh, unless they're serving a role, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I would if someone just drove a like what what's his name done where he basically just put a claymore onto the back of a um, RC car, drove it up to people and just detonated the claymore. I'd be like, no, no, I'm not taking that balls to you because that's just crap because you've got no counter against it. Um. Mm. But if you're using it as say like a uh, like a reconnaissance sort of thing, where you're not actually using it as a weapon, mm. then I think yeah, it could have its. But you've uh, my see, I've always wondered about having, having a, drone a drone with the with a drone with the capability of releasing a tag round from it from above, mm. you know. Because essentially, it's how you fire a tag launcher, isn't it? And you fire it with a, with a trajectory of so it goes up and comes down. Yeah. But the tag round's already going to be up the up point. It's only going to be coming down. So I can't see that being a, a problem, really. From X Avi amount of... Aviation laws might get... Yeah, but it's, you're not yeah, going to be... I don't know if you can legally you're only going to be... or not. Yeah, but essentially you're just using the drone as a tag launch, aren't you? Yeah, yeah but I think there's, you start drone. getting down the route of having a... Basically, a, a, an actual weapon <laughs> to a certain extent. I think I think it's slightly different at that point. I, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you in terms of the concept. It'd be quite cool. Because obviously, yeah. the height it would be restricted height that you could drop it from. Obviously, to avoid the velocity. I mean, it's not going to. Surely, it's not going to hit the ground any higher than it would be actually launched with a with a force behind it. It's literally just getting released and dropped to the floor. Yeah, I'd love to see that. That would be cool. Weird, though, yeah, weirdos. Uh, yeah, the Civil Aviation Authority, so a bit of information. The Civil Aviation Authority says that you cannot do that. What, they say you can't put tag rounds on drones? You must never drop anything from a drone or model aircraft. Oh. Apparently. What, sh what about... Well, they say you must or you can't. Shoot. Must. You well, they must. say you can't. What about shoot? And is that, that a law, law, or are they just saying you can't? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert in this. We can have a chat with someone that is at a later date. Um, we can go away and do our research. I'm going to strap from... a Glock to one and see what happens yeah. then. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I, John says EOD have a more expensive version of an RC car. I think the difference yeah. is with the EOD is that you're obviously not fighting other players. You're just exactly that day. What if you was transporting a tag round and it just fell off? <laughs> <laughs> because you can deliver. You can deliver things. You can deliver things. A foam Nerf rocket. There we go. That would do it. With a tag round inside it. <laughs> yeah, <with> a rock. <laughs> That's on fire. That's on fire. <laughs> yeah. And wrapped in barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet if James is listening to this, he's like, right, I've got to put new rules in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, James is going to be like the Mr. Felch and Harry Potter just banging a new plaque on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, drones with tag rounds on them. And then another, no drones with nerf darts that look like tag rounds and, and barbed wire on them. No glocks. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> but yeah, drones cool certainly is. Yeah, it is. It's, of course it's a cool yeah, idea. It's, it's an awesome idea. idea. I wonder if we could do it just for yeah. purely for the science factor, what it would look like. Do you know what you could do is potentially attach an IR light to a drone. That's exciting. So you could create almost create artificial moonlight to a certain extent. Oh, okay. What for for the old nod users? So sort of like painting yeah. a target for them. That, that could be cool. Quirky idea. Yeah. yeah, that could be cool. Um, I mean, I appreciate it. It's not actually being allowed. You're not actively creating like an attack on the players below you. But you know, if you're, you, there, there are other ways. I guess you could use drones mm-hmm. on that basis. Mm. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, shall we? Um, let's talk about because there's two left. So I want to talk about intelligent officers, uh, intelligence officers, not intelligent officers. <laughs> intelligent intelligence, officers. Yeah, no, no, no. Intelligence yeah. officers and interrogators. Um, so obviously there's certain events where it, you are required to obtain information from other players. So be that through. Um, when I say interrogations. <laughs> Let me just caveat that we're not performing anything from like James Bond with the the chair and like the big ball and rope oh. or anything like that. You know, waterboarding. There's no waterboarding. Hmm. <laughs> well, there shouldn't be any waterboarding. What about um, like squashboarding? And just yeah, a bit of squash, squash over them. That's fine. <laughs> oh, horrible! Sticky. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. sticky. Yeah. That's probably worse. No, that's yeah. probably horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cordial, cordial yeah. boarded. Cordial boarded. <laughs> <laughs> I've been round treed. Oh, <laughs> it's so stupid. Robinson. Robinson. Absolutely Robin Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Other brands are available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interrogation. Yeah. I suppose that, that whole thing, like you sort of, are you being vanilla and just sort of handing over the intel, or are you going to role play the whole capture and uh, sort of retrieve information and stuff, you know? Then It'd be quite be good if there was an actual interrogation well. centre to bring people back to with harrowing screens. Well, we did that. And... That was a, an apocalypse event, wasn't it? Yeah. We, um, I think that was... Um, we were DEA at that one, so that must have been cartel. Because we were, we were having to bring prisoners back to the police station. That's right. DEA. Yeah. Um, and then everyone we searched, we found drugs on. <laughs> Even yeah, the prisoners they, they that were, the police were, had already searched, we kept they, finding drugs on yeah, them. Yeah, we found those drugs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean in particular got very annoyed about all the drugs that were found on him all the time. He did. <laughs> oh, what's this I found? Little packet. He's like, I didn't have that, you cheeky bastard. That's not mine. <laughs> so here it is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, just to give some clarity to that, the, the rules of that event were that if you had grounds to detain someone... Literally, uh, what Ryan's just said them. there is, is literally what we had to do, mate. So you've hit the nail on the head there, literally there. Yeah cards with intel that we we had to ask certain questions to be able to extract that intel from them thank god they had cards in them because none of them could remember what names they were and (laughs) it's a bloody nightmare wasn't it once that we got to a certain point of interrogation and questioning and we'd like established i think it was like two or three key facts about them would they be able to open up and just tell us everything they knew basically that was it exactly Um, yeah and we sort of then get to place them in the triangle of like 
yeah. the, the, the who's in charge sort of thing. Because all know. the organisation structures, they, they'd set up their own organisation structure in terms of the hierarchy. So mm. we were sort of trying to piece that together on the wall of the building with the Sharpie, like trying to, right, you sit here, so you're reporting to this person. And then, because they all kept forgetting their names, it was an absolute nightmare because we were like, yeah. well, hang on, I've well, got we had to do. We were just trying to get the head of the snake, weren't we? That's all we had to do. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Boombox with an Aqua album playing for an hour. Barbie girl on repeat. Absolutely, mate. Yep. I don't, know, I don't know if I'd still be dancing after that point, I reckon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Giving it beans on the old dance floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the um, in terms of the interrogation stuff, it, it, the, the rule set of some of the events is, you know, if you've got grounds to interrogate people, you can, you can effectively keep them out of the game for an hour. Mm. Um, that's why we were finding reasons... Um, as the DEA, because we were just convinced that everyone was corrupt, and it turns yeah. out they were. So that yeah. was the worst justified. one was keeping someone in interrogation for an hour, and then letting them go, and then popping them in the back, and they had to go and sit out for another half an hour. <laughs> the go, like you absolute bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the interrogations and stuff like that can be quite a, a good fun element to the game. Um, obviously, there are limits as to when it stops being fun. Um, mm. And that's why you do the whole vanilla thing you know you can just say like you uh, vanilla yeah. or you role playing and they'll be like oh vanilla here's the intel blah blah I'm on my way okay fair enough yeah. yeah it's all good it's all good what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on uh, capturing enemy radio frequencies mm, I'm a bit against it if I'm honest yeah. I think it's a little bit bullshitty because it's I think unless I get... it's written into the storyline I get the whole jamming comms and things like that, but it, I mean, for me, it's just it just it completely sort of like it can it can put an event on its knees if you've got that going on, and I've experienced it where it's just like you're trying, especially from zero. From if you've got like an overall event organizer, say for example, say I'm the overall organizer, Mike, you're up four, Andy's uh, blue four, and up four are blocking blue four's comms, and Andy's trying to coordinate five sections that are out on the ground, and he can't because some douchebag's got a got a jammer going so all these guys well, jammers are, to clarify jammers are illegal in the uk but well, you know or whatever or disrupting jammers, comms people just play music or just talk randomly over the comms yeah exactly yeah stuff like that. Very, so if they're compromising frequencies or whatever it is um and then you'll get sections just coming back to the pb just saying look i've got no comms this this is happening we're not hearing this that and the other and then it's having to reset that, and all the while, lot four guys are like are out on the ground, are like, well, where the fuck is everybody? What's going on? You know, it, it just, it just, it creates more problems than it's worth. Do you know what I mean? And for the sake of the area that you're in, it's not going to, it doesn't take you long to find another section. Do you know what I mean? Or, or the opposing team. You know, they're yeah. not, they're not huge sites. You don't require to, to cock up other people's radio comms just for your own enjoyment. Because at the end of the day, like we've said, we've said before, you know, it's to the detriment of other people's fun. And it just you're, all you're doing is just pissing off loads of people because they can't communicate with each other or organise because their comms are completely shot to bits because you're prattling about with them. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pers- from my point of view, I don't see any need for comms compromising to be going on or things like that or people getting other people's frequencies. Do you know what I mean? It's just, ugh, it's one of them, you know. From my point, no, nope, completely point. agree. No. I think completely if you're agree. listening in, I think that's not a prop. Like that, that, <laughs> that could be. Yeah, like, I think. Do you know what? If if, if someone's gonna... too, if someone's actually sort of like openly, I mean, if you're like sneaky, sneaky, and you've you've got some, you you manage to listen in to an op four or, or blue four conversations going yeah Well, my frequency is five four three two five one, and you yeah. can think, oh, well, sorry, mate, but yeah. <laughs> let's have a listen in and see what's going on. That that's different. That's that's. Yeah. 
that's their offset being pants not, and you're and you're using an initiative that's that's fair enough yeah you know because they that, that you're not affecting their comms you're just listening to what's going on that's different i mean i'm talking about people constantly clicking on or, or finding out a frequency clicking it on like that and just holding it on so they can't communicate or they can't yeah. do this or they're just talking so randomly that's when you're sort of jeopardizing the gameplay you know if you're just if you've managed to secure their comms channel um i think there should be a time limit for how long you can do it for you know i think you should be genuinely honest about it say sort of like five ten minutes maybe of listening in and then just sort of deleting it off or, or whatever it is you know or letting zero well, know we that had that compromised situation at red tide we had that situation at red tide one where the comms were so close together that the frequencies were merging so that yes. wasn't an actively yeah. joining the comms but i was picking up cartel comms. taxi ranks <laughs> um but the, yeah but i mean what i started to do at a certain point was just start replying and that was causing chaos and that was oh i like, remember that quite that entertaining was so, yeah because was it because like, they were like Chris, oh steve where you, are Chris? you like, or steve or something yeah I'm here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was like, "Yeah, I'm here. I spoke to you like five minutes ago about it," and he was like, "Yeah, spoke to me about what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you've forgotten." He's like, yeah. "What?" <laughs> so I mean, at that point, they they would because I mean, it took them about ten minutes to slowly catch on that their comms were compromised, and at that point, you could hear, "Guys, our comms are compromised. Let's meet up and we'll, we'll switch them over." Yeah, and guys, our, point... our comms are compromised, or Steve's being a tit. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Um, well, I just want to add this. This is quite interesting. Uh, I didn't appreciate this. Uh, Ryan says that a tech playing music is still jamming, um, or tech mm. playing music, sorry, is still jamming. So if you've got a radio that's basically constantly on, I mean, I think it actually against Ofcom rules as well, um, whether you you know follow those or not. Um, but if you like jamming too, then it's not a problem, is it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're jamming. Bajua, bajua. <laughs> <laughs> if someone started playing a bit of Bob down the old radio to me, I'd be quite happy with that. Especially if I've just come off like stag or something, and I can just get a brew on and just light up a big old bifter. Yeah. Not that I condone that, or can do it because I get regularly drug tested. So oh, I hope to be young again yeah. <laughs> and not work on the railway. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd be off my face. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> Constantly. No, I wouldn't be. It's a silly thing to say. <laughs> mm. Um yes, I mean just intelligence yeah, officers man. probably aren't yeah, intelligence officers probably aren't really much different from a normal loadout from any other thing. <laughs> any other role. I just got what you said then, you <laughs> dirty bastard. Mike, he's being filthy. Punish him for me. I know. Well, used to mm. at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One thing, one thing that is quite important with intelligence, and if you are gathering any intelligence, there, there's kind of certain things to remember to record. So, for example, the time at which the intelligence was gathered, who you got the information from, descriptions, and the like. Obviously, just just returning to a base and going, oh yeah, I bumped into an op four. Uh, I interrogated him, and he said there's been an attack at three p.m. You're mm. like, well, that's great. It's four p.m. now, so winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, intelligence, obviously, games and the like, uh, Milsim events, they, they change on a minute by minute basis. You know, one little thing happening over on the site on the far left might be affecting the gameplay on the far right. So, you know, gathering intelligence is very important to ascertain some of the key facts so that when you return that information, you know, your, your command structure has the ability to go, right, thank you for the intel, but that's out of date. 
because you know we know five minutes later we observed this happening uh, and the mortar team that you're advising us that the attack's going to happen we've actually already uh, caught them we know yes, where so, they yeah yeah from. they've already been taken dealt we've with got that. um so that's quite important um um, I'm just going to go through a couple of the comments before we finish on the uh, recce and recon roles. Um, forgot my username. Said counterpoint question: Do you restrict specialists from doing certain things or carrying certain kit? I don't think so because they, first and foremost, they'll just be a part of the section, wouldn't they? Yeah. They're, all they'll be carrying is their own specialist kit and equipment on them. They'd actually I don't be carrying think... extra. Well, yeah, they, they're going to have their yeah. normal sort of fighting order as well as their kit that they're going to need for carrying out their role. Um, from doing certain things or carrying certain kit. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be worried. Certain... They're going to have enough to worry about with their own equipment and kit, as opposed to um, carrying additional items. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. See, I would say that the, I think medic, got... the medic isn't going to go and breach, breach a door. Do you know what I mean? And, no. Uh, so you are going to restrict, not just specialists, but every player in to doing a certain thing. So, like some events say that only the medic can medic a person. So you're restricting them to one specific role. Yeah, um, I mean, like your like your like your standard rifleman within the section. There's nothing stopping him carrying an additional kit. Like obviously, for like the LMG or the support gunner in the section, he'll be carrying extra link things like that. He might be carrying a spare radio battery for the op for the radio op. Um, you know, perhaps some medical supplies. I don't know. I don't know how it would work really, but they certainly would be carrying. Additional items just just to spread the load between the section, rather yeah, than it all being hung, you know, lumbered on to one person. And then everyone's got their own little bit of a role. Then you know, although you're a rifle, and it's like, well, I've got a spare ammo here for the LMG, so I need to sort of sit close to him. Remember that, you know, spare battery for the radio. You're not going to be the medic, op. and also the spare. Yeah, spare you're not going to be. You're, if you're the medic, then you are the medic. It's like the LMG gunner. He he would carry the LMG and very minimal else, just some water and and maybe some spare link on him. He wouldn't certainly be carrying other items that he doesn't really need to carry because no. he's got enough to worry yeah, about with a fucking great big machine gun hanging off of him <laughs> yeah. you know other, others would have belts of links split between them as well so yeah I think it's cool I think it's something that needs to be really developed and brought on in, in events and games and that and it will get people looking yeah, at their kit more yeah. and things like that do you know what I mean I, th I definitely think having roles mm. uh, within a Milsim is is a level that should be looked into more um, by organisers um, mm. Because as you said, it it's, it makes people specialise in a kit. Yeah, hundred percent. And specialising that hierarchy as well. Having having a bit more hierarchy and kind of knowing where you kind of sit within the team, not from the perspective of oh I'm going to get bossed around all weekend, but you you know that you've got a tasking to do. You know you you've got a TL. You know who to speak to in terms of right we've got something going on here i need to talk to you because that person's job is to then talk to that person and you get that feedback situation whereas mm. if you've got a group of players that are just turning up and be like oh uh, i'll be the medic and the tl uh, you be the radio up and the the lmg um mm. or the support gunner you know you're it, it just becomes a bit of a mess and it's you've got people that rock up to the event they go well i can't be the support gunner i've only got a shotgun like you know it's yeah it's, it's not going to work that way they could I mean, they that's, that's a good a point I mean, establishing what everyone's bringing prior to the event as well so you don't all turn up there and you've got like six lmgs and only like one rifle and a dmr it's just like yeah that's not going to work you know we're in an eight-man section you know two lmgs at most for the two fire teams do you know what i mean mm. 
Right, I'm going to have to whisk through these because we've got 23 comments to get through. Uh, Kieran suggested, what about having a Padre, no weapon, the only kit being a day sack of Bergen, full of Haribo for the purpose of morale. That's that would cool. be quite an interesting yeah, yeah. role. Yeah, that'd be cool, um, yeah. Especially you you, you, you could, could almost shoe that horn in with a photo- as a photographer sort of thing, couldn't you? Mm. That could be quite cool. That's something I'd like to see. It'd be like, um, you know, like Padre, a, a... get down, stop taking pictures. <laughs> no, you know, you, know, you know, like a news reporter, like actually being embedded with a team, sort of thing, actually doing, actually having to record a, a sort of like document docu series sort of thing whilst out on the ground mm. at an event. That would be yeah, quite cool, be awesome. just to see yeah. how they get. Like you'd have like the reporter, like almost like a Ross Kempy type thing. He's got him and a cameraman following a team around. That that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean that's another good way as well of documenting that event. Mm. Um, Especially, yeah, for, especially for the organiser for future having ad- having a photographer running around in a high vis vest, you know it it's a little bit counterintuitive sometimes. Mm. Um, having having someone embedded that's you know there in a flak jacket and a hard hat and a hard hat a, a tactical hat or ballistic helmet, um, it, it's going to not take away from that immersion. No, exactly um, that. Mm. So, uh, Rage says, I'm just going to point out that the way the British Army first got us to look for IEDs was just send one or two of us to walk down the road looking for them. Uh, <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> walk down the road looking for them. Fucking um, I think, I can't remember who said it, and I, I apologise because I've lost the comment, but I think somebody said it's called an ablative patrol. Um, an ablative yeah, patrol, can, bloody I can, hell. I can understand that. Um, SEO says we send out training considerations in advance of events to give people a chance to prep properly. It mm-hmm, works certainly to do, someone chaps. while carrying out mm-hmm. SSE or whatever. Yep, 100%. Um, so I can vouch for that. Uh, Rage was asking what I dress up as. Uh, he says, I can see you dressing up like a milkmaid for those Coles nights with Andy. Uh, I don't have a milkmaid costume, although I do have an Admiral's hat now. I mean, let's be honest, be Mike. Come on. Coming out the next few weeks. I don't have a milkmaid outfit. <laughs> If anyone wants to provide a milkmaid outfit, I would probably wear a milkmaid outfit. I I like dressing up. I like role play. I like live action role play. <laughs> God, you're a saucy minx. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you do. I dress um, up. And my name's Susan. <laughs> I prefer sherry at the weekend. Yeah. Well, I'll drop sherry. Um, Sorry, forgot my username just said, and then BB started flying, so I ran like a little girl <laughs> yeah. regarding the Ross Kent comment. Uh, RPG! <laughs> James C. on the use of Valens are a bloody nightmare to use, though. You need to get them set up properly and understand the sound it makes. Completely agree with that. It, it, yep. For those that have <laughs> yep, uh, ever played with yes. a Valen, it's very annoying initially until you've got a bit more an idea. Um not having all the kit on the front of your plate carrier makes spending hours in the prone more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I'll pull that right back. Uh, Stephen Whitehead said, Well, dramatic if you have a smoky pyro that shoots polystyrene rocks and dirt everywhere. That would be wicked as well. If, you, if you've got the kit to set up actual explosions in the street with, you know, uh, the, the kind of the film effects and the SFX that they've kind of got. Oh, mate, yeah. Got an explosion is a. I mean, imagine, imagine you've got like a car bomb go off under like a car that you've got set up they're obviously not going to blow up a real car but if you've got the ability to kind of throw shit out mm. from underneath the, the car the smoke machine sort of thing wicked. like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of that well, like them foam bricks yeah. wasn't it like the foam bricks yeah. that the, the big mm. mike was talking about like being a like air pressure air canister just to blast them out from under the vehicle or something that could be well, quite that's cool. a lot of them that's yeah. what we used to use at warner brothers it literally mm. had two big air compressed air tanks and when when it go when they press the button it's all digitally done and you've just got airlines just blowing crap Mm. out in every direction mm. 
it's, yeah, it's impressive. Impressive. And that wouldn't be too hard for people to do themselves either, really. No. Think about it. I mean, no. from a, from a health and safety perspective, you're not... You'd already you're have really the iPro on and that. So, yeah. you know... <clears throat> I mean, if, if, I, I don't know. I, I foresee that working well. Let's say you've got like a village or market set up um, and you've got an IED go off and you've potentially got a, a, an EOD team having to come in, check for other IEDs. You know, potentially if the EOD team do a, a, a shit job, you get other IEDs going off. You know, you've got having a, a, a patrol having to secure the perimeter. You've got Op4 trying to get involved and, you know, you're not sure who's the uh, trigger man. Uh, for that IED, you know, there's a lot of potential things that you can have going on that would replicate a lot of realistic scenarios. Um, I can, I can, I'm getting quite excited about the concept. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> You're on mute, Lance. I was just going. Ooh, um, I say he's going. Yeah, I know. I could tell. Yeah. I just couldn't hear you. Uh, Anthony's airsoft said, "I can only imagine it's probably better off to have no armor on to stop you sweating because I doubt it will save your life if an IED did go off." Um, well, no, we had that one. I don't know. I mean, fashion, uh, didn't we? Where yeah. uh, the American one was designed to just keep you together in an explosion. So they had something to take away, which that's is a sombering thought. You know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I know that's insane. why the blast pants were popular because I know that yeah. people were worried about obviously losing uh, access to their genitals. Um, because ultimately, that that is, you know. Not being able to walk is is very challenging, but I think I think there's an element of man manhood and stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't yeah. want to kind of get into an alpha alpha like oh, yeah, you know, I don't want to lose my genitals. Yeah, but it's the you know, it's I, the, I it's, the it's the or, it's the organ, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that you don't want to lose. Yeah, you know. Um, when we were talking about mortar teams, forgot my username. Said not sure I'd want to go to an airsoft event looking to put a brick wall together, and it made me chuckle. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I just want to bring that one up. Um, a guy, a James says, a guy at my local site had a carrier bag full of Mark Fives during the games. That was mm. really frustrating. Wow. Like, oh god. Anthony's airsoft says at the last frontline events, at one point the medics had to take the injured to a CCP, and they were then taken back to HQ via a Willis jeep, and they could only then respawn. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. I'd, I'd just yeah. be getting constantly shot to go on the Willis jeep all the time because <laughs> I think they are the best. Take me uh, home. <laughs> I'm not going to get through all of these quickly. Um, Stephen Whitehead was talking about a boombox with the Aqua album, and then I forgot my username pointed out that that's probably covered by the Geneva Convention 3 article. <laughs> yeah. paragraph four. Um, Terry was talking about having a NoFo black site. Yeah, that's, um, um, so that's, that's Mike's that, house. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're not going to get through all the rest of the comments because I really want to talk about the Recce and Recon role. So let's just cover that quickly. Mm -hmm. um, oh, do you want to cover that as a separate episode, actually? Yeah, we can we? do. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I we'll think it's quite because well. I think that's that. I think is going to bring in like it's from Ricky Sniper DMR. There's quite a bit to go through yeah. in that, mm. and yeah, I don't want to rush well, it. See, I was I was thinking camouflage concealment as a separate yeah, yeah. role, but it makes perfect sense to bring that. So let's bring all that together at a later date, and we I, we can run through the rest of the comments. Let's bring it to the party. I like it. I like <laughs> a holistic, <laughs> a holistic <laughs> approach. And there you go. This is, and guys, you've just. Um, witnessed how a cob works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our conferences are bullshit. So we do this. Day. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good plan. Good plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good plan. Well Good plan. <laughs> Double thumbs up. Good plan. Oh. Oh. I mean the spinach. Ryan says the only way to do it. So this was in terms of uh, potentially causing chaos over comms. 
Uh, the only way to do it is if you had many frequencies so that if one is compromised, then you have to realize and then move to another frequency. So it would obviously work with smaller teams, mm-hmm. smaller events, potentially, you know, if you've, if you've got the capability that you could switch frequencies. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's a bit of a pain. Um, John says you can have a preset of frequencies for each team, then you can't see the numbers and stuff. That would stop it. Then you have to have the right offsets and stuff to fully hear what's going on. So obviously you could look at CTCSS, RTCCSS. You know, that obviously causes chaos in terms of programming radios, but it's quite useful for stopping anyone from necessarily just finding the frequency. Uh, Stephen Whitehead said, don't know if a tag would arm at its terminal velocity. So I don't know a lot about tag rounds myself. Um, you're, you're on mute, mute again, Lance. Hell. Um, I don't know if it's a percussion cap typed thing where it's sort of it's like the nose cone of the tag round they that do, impacts. They and do an impact detonate, but then they also do one that's. I think it's. Got a I mean, there's one that's, that's on a timer, isn't yeah. it? When it's once it's fired, you've got like a four or five second timer on yeah. it or whatever it could be. But um, yeah, that would be the, the, the even just the nerf dart thing, just to drop down and you just feel, just feel, oh shit, I've been done, <laughs> got done by a drone. <laughs> that would be cool. Who's getting mm. rained on? I'm getting it's absolutely tipping down tonight. It It is literally the rain today down my way has been absolutely awful. Hey, it's British summertime, didn't you know? (laughs) There's me thinking we're still in the middle of winter. (laughs) Bright sunshine we're having. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not looking forward to work tonight, man. That's going to be awful. You there a solution? No, I'm outside. Funny enough, more of the underground is outdoors than it is in tunnels. <laughs> yeah. It's only a very small part of the underground, which is actually underground. The rest of it's all out. There's more track outside than there is in tunnels, which is ridiculous. It should all be tunneled and dry and warm and lovely. <laughs> Terry's solution to interrogation is a cage, a yard broom, and a fire hose. Kinky. I like uh, yeah. it. Lovely. Kenny says, crumbs, Terry, my safe word is pineapple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Ryan says you split the stuff across a section a GPMG gunner can't carry 2000 link he has a number 2 the RADOP will split 4 batteries with someone else mm-hmm. um, so I mean this this is where you're obviously talking about buddy systems I mean you, you look at the number of airsoft events that people go to where how many how many jet boils are you likely to see in a team so you've got a team of 10 you're going to have 10 jet boils or, or 10 cook systems you're going to yeah. have you know 10 bashers 10 sleeping bags 10 mm. pretty much fucking everything and that's Depends why what, everyone on what the turns team up to is. a Milsim event in a fucking massive bag well this is it exactly yeah I mean like sort of that sort of recce role sort of thing if it was mm. like, a, like a four man team technically we could get away with two sleeping bags because you'd have two on two off you know you'd have two bashers to, you know you could easily get four guys under the two bashers that's it you just like you said buddy system you know two cook sets you know yeah. all those things to consider but then again, it can be a little bit weird if you're put into a section with a dude you don't know. Yeah, or, or so you're not getting my sleeping bag. It's my sleeping yeah, <laughs> but if you're if you smell, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, if you've gone as a lone wolf when you've gone and you don't know a single person, you kind of turn up and you walk into this room and there's like twenty guys that you don't know, and you're like, "Can I use your basher, please?" <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I didn't bring one because I got told I'd have a buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm screwed now my yeah. buddy hasn't arrived and he's bringing all the shit yeah. <laughs> I mean that's where um, you know 
potentially if you've got a uh, a recce going on where you you might have a, a tent set up because I mean you, you do get sort of situations where you can bug back to a tent and you've got like an actual sort of hard base effectively mm-hmm. that you're operating out of and then your ops or layout positions you know you've got kind of set up a little bit further away that's where having a tent between you know potentially four to six people would be quite useful because if you've got a two-man tent where two people can go get their head down in there for a bit yeah you know you, you're yeah, offsetting yeah, that weight because whilst whilst a tent is a much bigger piece of kit you're potentially looking at maybe sort of three four kilos for a tent potentially that's going to be split across the team so you're not actually having to kind of carry that extra weight it's actually Mm -hmm. potentially reducing it because you're not having to take you know six bashers for example Mm. um yeah definitely i know bashers aren't particularly uh, particularly weighty but you know as soon as you've got poles and paracord and ropes and bungees and stuff on top of that as well you Mm. will be looking it's all all more it's just other little bits of kit to sort out and talk through in it you know what i mean yeah what you need is like Um, a modified bivy bag that you can just self-contain in you do but even that again I mean because when we're talking about going wild camping (laughs) I'm self-quarantining because of my specialism (laughs) we're talking about going wild camping this year Um, and there was a discussion in the chat about whether we um, because we've previously taken Van Gogh um, Banshee 300s which are kind of a lightweight trekking tent Um, they weigh 2.8 kilos but there was chat about Let's you know. Let's not take a tent. Let's go with a, a bivy bag set up and a, a tarp over the top. But when you actually start to look at the weight of the two bivy bag setups, the tarp, the poles for the tarp, and everything like that, actually works out to be potentially just as much as the as the tent. And the tent's mm. going to give you greater element of cover from well, greater cover from the elements. Um, it's going to give you that kind of surety. You're not if it does rain, you're not having to sit in your, your bivy bag on your own. You can actually kind of sit together. You've got the ability to kind of sit up a little bit more. Um, so there's definitely a trade-off between sharing kit and then having these individual systems. You're on you're mute, on mute, mute. I'm not even doing it this time. <laughs> it's not me, I promise. Um, someone's, someone said the T word in the chat. I don't know if you're aware. Ah! Oh, and above <laughs> and Daz Daz said it as well oh my goodness Trangia there we go Trangia the Chandra growl just on that just on that note if anybody would like to submit their own audio voice clip for consideration <laughs> to be included on the show please feel free to do so and you can email it as what our have you email at nofochat at hotmail.com our Instagram you can send it on there at nofo underscore oh. foxtrot <laughs> november underscore foxtrot underscore nofo or you can submit it I think on our website novemberfoxtrot.co.uk or on Facebook or anything like that send it in because I would love to hear what people send us as little voice notes or clips that we could include on the show you can deal with all um, this nuttery uh, maybe 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 reference <laughs> maybe reference the um, the uh, the lingo bingo uh, and send us in your yeah. choice of word either yeah. shouted or whispered <laughs> shouted yeah. whispered I'll tell you what I'll tell you what Excellent. let's let's we people people submit them in and then what we'll do is the ones that we like we'll use on the show and then at the end of the year if we'll, what we'll do is we'll have a little review of all the ones that we've received and we'll pick our favorite and we'll have a little prize we should do the, an advent the calendar of the sound of the sounds <laughs> through december <laughs> like they'll go, we'll do a sound calendar on the first christmas. day of christmas my true love day to me Trangia. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's it. That's Christmas sorted, boys. Yeah, absolutely sorted. Yeah, so send them in. Send them in because it'll be hilarious. <laughs> and the more creative you can be, try to keep it to sort of two or three seconds. We don't need a whole minute of you, you know, waffling on, parading us with all sorts of gump. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be cool. <laughs> um, Stephen Whitehead suggested interrogation cards, and this was something I was hoping I could find. Um, I do. Here we go. So for um, one of the DEA events we did, I'll make myself just temporarily bigger. Oh, there he goes. Trender in a pear tree. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to come out. No. Right, okay, I'm very sorry. Um, This was basically a little crib sheet that allowed people to just, you know, we we had a couple people that were interrogators. They had a copy of this. And it was just a little crib sheet to help remind you of what to ask or ascertain information-wise. Um, it was laminated with the ability that you could obviously write on that and then wipe it off afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have separate bits of paper. You've got all the information there. And it, it covers things like, you know, the name, the time of interview, their age, location of residence, um, who do they report to. And it's trying to try to ascertain a bit of a crib sheet so that you don't forget. So when you're, you know, you're excited, you've captured someone. You're not just going, oh, yeah, well, I've got him. Um Oh shit! What was I meant to remember to ask? Uh, what's your favourite fruit? Like it, it's you want relevant information. Um, so interrogation cards are really useful for that. No, that's cool. I like that. Where did you, what, what event was that you got them from, or did you make them? That was our. I made these. This was for Red Tide One. Um, you clever old stick. Yeah, I know. I don't think we ever used them, but. We never no, handy point, handy point of to get the laminator out. I love laminating stuff. I love, <laughs> I love laminator. <laughs> I'm considering um, getting myself a sewing machine. I am. Oh, I'm considering oh, yeah, that. Yeah. 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 You know what I want to get? I want to get a um, an ID card printer. So you know the little um, you know like um, like plastic credit card type things. Yeah, where yeah, you can, yeah, like, yeah, print yeah. Your own ID cards. I really want to get that because I've got obviously the templates and stuff. We've we've made ID cards in the past. That's right. Yeah. Um, we used to do Novo various... Club cards. We could do Novo Club QR, cards with a QR code now. Yeah. That'd be quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> this gets me discounts at the. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> at nothing. Nowhere. No no no. You can flash it. You can flash it at the stores that we've uh, we promote through the Savada site, and that you could, I'm sure if you yeah. if you flashed your Nofo card, it'll give you your your uh, your discount. <laughs> oi, oi. Just just flash your card. Flash, flash your, your card. card. Sorry, what were you saying, Andy? I was just saying it just proves that you've got nothing to do on a Wednesday night. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey guys, I I sit and I sit and watch the podcast. Um, yeah. Ryan says it would be nice to see sections sit inside platoons with a platoon commander, for example, rather than sections to the DS lead. Mm-hmm. I, I I think we've had this conversation before, and I've definitely mentioned it. That the thing I always find very frustrating about some events is because the event is planned, and the events are planned for a certain reason. Because usually the event organisers want to achieve a certain outcome, or you know they've got set pieces that they need to plan. You know, mm. you, you can't just expect a car bomb to go off because the organisers need to make that happen. So mm. if there's a series of events that they need to get to that point, they'll, they're will they going to want to do that because ultimately they've they've invested the time and the energy to make that car bomb. Mm. Um, but I, I do find sometimes it's very like, oh, right, so we're getting command structure to go and attack that point there. So, like, right, so there's definitely going to be people there. Or we're going to get ambushed on the way. You know it's going to happen. And mm. I think that is when you get this kind of 
issue with people like, right, okay, let's think outside the box. Let's not go that way. Let's send two people that way and let's send the rest of the team around the back of the map where something else is being set up over there and it's going to cause chaos and ruin the game. Mm. So, but I do, I do like it when you've got that. You've got that, free, that element of freedom. Yeah. Or, or yeah, you know, putting the onus on actual having it having, having a section commander or platoon commander as a player rather than um, mm. member of the staff. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, because I mean, you can still you can still have it that that player's got a little bit more integral knowledge. Um, you know, but I they, think they'd they need to. to. I think for it to work, it they'd more. need to. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And they could always they could always uh, you know liaise with the DS teams and things like that. We've got problems. Terry says that there is interrogation cards now on eBay for a pound with postage and packing, ten pounds. Oh blimey! Okay, worth a look. Worth a look. Yeah. Uh, last couple of comments. Uh, Dale says, "Mate, I never know what I'm doing halfway through. I'm just always figuring out if the tree in the distance is a person or not." So well done, Dale. As you do, Dale. And then. Trangia for Daz. I get a BCB with a Trangia. Good so, lad. Absolutely should. Right. I think that's probably covered all the comments and bits and pieces off. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with the show, you can do so on our email at nofochatterhotmail.com. Our Instagram is at November underscore Foxtrot underscore Nofo. And you can also find us on our website of novemberfoxtrot.co.uk. We do have a Twitter account if you really want to find us on there. Um, we have now, for your information, logged a uh, report against the other account. God damn was, them. Uh, copying us. Bust. I haven't sent them bum pics because apparently that breaches Twitter's terms and conditions. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I didn't want us to lose our account or our, or our moral high ground. Um, I just like the way that we they, they, they were on Twitter before us. We've gone onto Twitter and gone, oh yeah, that's not us. And they're like, <laughs> using our branding. Yeah. <laughs> they were on Twitter using our branding to clarify. Cheeky sods. Um, I know, absolute bastards. Um, next week, we're going to be having a Red Tide 3 short debrief uh, where we'll, we'll be discussing the. Hosted by yours truly. It'll be hosted by Lance. So Hello. Lance will be unfortunately unable to make the event this weekend due to. Mm-hmm various situation personal circumstances um but which is a real shame because we're going to miss him uh, i know andy and i are both particularly gutted that he can't make it but i know there's a lot of other people that will miss miss him as well um Don't however we'll be sorry we'll be having fun <laughs> um last will be heading up the conversation because he'll be asking us about red tide and then we're also going to be joined by silly gilly uh, aka ed who will be on the show and we'll be discussing <gasps> the Kind of the role celebrity of celebrity on the show. We're going to have a celebrity. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Proper celebrity. So we'll join us next definitely. week, Wednesday at eight pm. Celebrity. He's going to. He's going to hate. No, listen. Celebrity. Magic cup. Magic cup. Oh, you can tell I've had a big coffee. <laughs> yeah, he'll be running around in a bit. <laughs> no, it'd take a lot of coffee for that to happen. <laughs> I'd have to be on fire to run around. <laughs> in the meantime, have a good week. Uh, who had the closing remarks this week? I've, I've I did it last week, and you. I did it rather well, I think. Oh, was it me? Okay. Oh, yeah. um... oh I get to speak longer. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, goodbye. <laughs> no, nah, you've got to do it. You can't not do it. Um, no. 
Okay, so closing remarks. Airsofters are basically people that love running around in the woods and playing with their balls. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Stay nofo. Stay nofo. Ciao, Bella. Ciao. <laughs>